you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. to the High Performance Nursing Podcast, where we seek to coach, educate and inspire nurses globally to achieve their high performance potential. Learn from influential clinicians having curious conversations to help you navigate your unique high performance nursing career path. Join me, your host Liam Caswell, nursepreneur, coach and mentor, as we explore how you can create a balanced high performance nursing career. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of High Performance Nursing with me, Liam, your host, and we are in for a treat today. We have Christine Pfeiffer here and we are talking all things nursing and a career change. So, um, hi Christine, how are you? I'm good, Liam. How are you going? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. We've been to and froing about getting onto the podcast and getting the yes. recording done, but I'm mm-hmm. super grateful that you're here. So Christine is a registered nurse with 10 years experience. Christine finished her new graduate program at Royal North Shore in Sydney, working in oncology and medical, then went on to spend a majority of her career in critical care and spent about five to six years there completing a postgraduate certificate in critical care. And then Christine experienced a a bit of a life-changing event with the death of a close friend, which saw Christine have her first acupuncture session. She was hooked not enjoying nursing as much as she might have in the past and was experiencing burnout. So from there, Christine pivoted within her career and went on to study a Master of Applied Science in Acupuncture. Now Christine is working in a practice in Wollongong, uh, studying herbal medicine at the same time and working part-time in post-op rehab as a nurse. Christine is into yoga, meditation, self-help, growth development, bit of a foodie, and a lover of a good belly laugh. <laughs> Love that. Well, hopefully we'll have some belly laughs today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a decade you've had. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? Mm. I didn't, yeah, I never thought when I started nursing, I would, I would have done all of that and then changed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would love to dive into today because people are going to be thinking why is high performance nursing doing a podcast about career change in Mm. nursing because we're really about promoting nurses and empowering nurses within their career but Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to acknowledge that you know that there are people within nursing that that want to explore other opportunities and want to diversify within their career and that's okay so that's why I thought it was valuable to talk about I myself have talked about it on the podcast that I, at at multiple points in my career, have thought, I need a career change. I heard that Woolies is is hiring. (laughs) 
you know Aldi pay really well? Aldi. Yeah. <laughs> they are not go. sponsoring this podcast, by the way. But you know, a lot of people do kind of go through that process. So I would love to unpack that with you today. But before we do, let's talk about your nursing experience. You've obviously had vast experience in really busy public tertiary hospitals. So talk to me about your experience as a new graduate at Royal North Shore. Yeah, it was such a learning curve. I will say like studying and doing the work are two completely different things. Like being a student and being a registered nurse are two completely different things. And you can do super well at uni and get high distinctions and it won't necessarily prepare you for what kind of, you know, you have to do, which isn't to say you should be super stressed about becoming a nurse and like doing that, but the real learning happens on the job when you have that responsibility. That was for me anyway. And my first year was a bit, yeah, like I, I didn't, I enjoyed it and I learned a lot, but I knew that I wanted to be in ICU like since I was a student and the system here in a, I'm not sure what it's like where you trained and you started working Liam, but the system here, it's like a, it's kind of like a ballot system you do an interview and then you write down your preferences. You don't necessarily get your first preference. It's how you perform in the interview. And I thought I wanted to do paediatrics actually. Mm. But then my second preference was like critical care. And I ended up like with my seventh preference, which I'm still super grateful for because it was like an awesome, an awesome hospital with a lot of growth and like learning potential uh, for myself. And yeah, I ended up doing oncology for about I reckon nine months. And then the other three I did MAU, so medical assessment unit and like a med- mixed medical ward, which was a bit of everything and it was extremely disorganized. It was a good learning experience nonetheless. Mm. And it really tested, I guess, my tolerance to that kind of thing. But yeah, I think if it's organized well, it's good. Mm. Oncology, a really nice specialty but also very eye-opening. I guess people living with cancer don't always like suffer the way that you see them suffer in, in the oncology ward. And that in itself is quite confronting. And there is a, like a high rate of burnout, I think, in that specialty. It's also a really nice specialty as well. The nurses are really lovely. They have like clean, organized ways of dealing with, with things like emergencies and I know whatever kind of happens on an oncology ward. And obviously palliative care which might happen there as well i'd love to go back to you know talking about how uni is all well and good and we go through uni and it's Mm. part of the process and you're right you know you can be a hd student but can you when you get on the floor to the work and that's where placement is so valuable and then moving into your new graduate year it's it's like a baptism of fire a lot of the people within this community you know, I've got such anxiety and stress and worry as they lead into their new graduate year. And I think that, you know, it is challenging because the the university system probably needs a bit of a, a shake up in terms of what it delivers for nursing students. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there, there are a few fundamental missing components, in, in my opinion, that kind of under-prepare us and, and ill-equip us. And I'm talking about my experiences in the UK. But you know, how does, how do you navigate like working in, in, in oncology as a, as a new graduate nurse with all of those really challenging situations? Well, it, it's interesting because I, 
we had an educator and she was super, super strict. I actually went home a couple of times crying. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she's not listening to this podcast. (laughs) But I, I think she knows. I think she knows that she was quite strict. But you know what, actually, I'm not condoning that kind of strict. I don't, it was intimidating, Mm. but there was just a really good standard and you didn't want to make a mistake. You didn't want to make anyone sick. And it's, it's like that as a nurse, you, you are hundred percent responsible while they're in your care and you don't want to make anyone sick, particularly if their immune system is quite compromised and you're dealing with, you know, a portacath or a central line that goes directly to their heart. So yeah, that was drilled into me straight away. How did I cope? What else? And maybe even like the emotional components of it, because I think that's something that's overlooked. You know, we get taught lots of technical skills, but we don't really get an opportunity to practice those soft skills. Yeah, that's it. And I think until you like really feel confident with the technical stuff, then you start to relax and then you can kind of bring in the more of the nursing humane side to it. Cause at first you're like, Oh God, I've got all these things to do. I've got to shower. I've got to like make beds. I've got to do all my IV medications and you're just like time, time, time. But actually the real, the real kind of rewarding part of being a nurse is that humane side, right? Mm, being able to serve other people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. And you definitely still do that as a, as a new graduate, but I think there's that element of stress and I don't think, I don't know how long it took me to finally relax into the role, but it was a good few weeks for sure. Yeah. What um, tips or tricks would you have for new graduate nurses about to start the program in the next month or so? Cause there's a few starting. Like be kind to yourself. I think you're not going to know everything in a week, not even a month. There's always stuff to learn. Like, I think nursing is one of those things where you don't really want to get, compl- like you'll get confident for sure you don't want to get complacent ever and so yeah continuing to learn and and understand new things and and reading if you don't understand something just even something as simple as like you know how does an epidural work or how does this central line work or this drug what does it do those kinds of things I think that's how you can really empower yourself is like it is overwhelming because there is so much to learn but if you just chip away at it and the more you kind of can know and understand the more confident you'll get speaking to your, you know, your patients and the doctors and the other nurses. Mm. Yeah. It's all, the onus is definitely on you, but at the same time, you have to be kind to yourself because it is challenging. So yeah, it's like self-care is really important. I think at that time too, because it, it is really overwhelming. Definitely. And I love that message of self-care and be kind to yourself. Do you know, it's, we, we yeah. kind of do think that we need to have all the answers and uh, you don't guys, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, you don't need to have all the answers. Yeah. That's why we have team leaders, your support network within the group, hopefully a really nice educator <laughs> that you can approach that's going to hold you to a standard because that's important, you know, to, to elevate your practice. Yeah and a really supportive manager. So yeah, there's lots to yeah. think about. There are lots of gold for people listening. I'm really interested in your three months in medical admissions and planning or the medical admissions. Oh. What was that like? It's not positive. Like, I'll just be honest with you. I did not love it. What it just was a very poorly it? organized. It was just really poorly organized. And you kind of, it was like you almost couldn't get a grip on your patients and like what you were doing. So I definitely like to kind of know everything I've got. And even to this day, I write a plan. 
I write down like, you know, those hourly planners where you're like, okay, medications now, OBS now, hourly OBS, blah, blah, blah. You write down all the things you need to do and what you need to do for tomorrow or for the next shift or whatever. I find that really, that's another tip for a new grad, like mm. do a plan. Mm. But what didn't I like about it? Yeah, it was just super disorganized and you just have so many patients of all different kinds of whatever like it'd be like respiratory aged care a little bit of ortho it was just messy and you Mm. wouldn't have much support like you might be looking after like nine patients with an AIN that's fun um (laughs) I'm not saying it's always like that but you know I think in the areas where I guess I want to say this in a nice way but the stakes aren't as high with Mm. health it's kind of like that and it's not fair because sometimes it is quite heavy to, to like shower these patients into manual handling like mm. it's just like nursing home kind of heaviness which is it is heavy mm. and if you're you've got to throw on top of that like some form of acuity as well and like you've got someone that falls or like someone hits their head or you know some kind of emergency happening it's really hard to look after your other patients as well Mm. so i think that was something that i didn't love about that ward Mm. i think it's you know it's one of those areas that because i started my career in medical admissions and planning in in the uk and that was my first new graduate role and i worked Mm. in a 50 bed medical admission unit jeez okay it had a four bedded hdu attached to it and it was i can relate to the disorganized chaos (laughs) because it was just relentless and you know that's certainly one way to enter the profession is to be working 12 hour days and seeing maybe my my bay of patients you know my one to six ratio flip like four times Mm. within 12 hours and by the Mm. end of the day i've seen 30 patients um and you go yeah wow i even managed to get through the day Mm. And, and that's not sustainable and it doesn't suit everyone either. You know, I, I have friends that still work there and they love it and they love the acuity and, and the, the energy and the chaos. Some, and some people are just so drawn to that, like that mm. ED energy and that's their, that's their thing, you know, they love it. Yeah, yeah. Follow your vibes, like whatever speaks to you, do it, sample it, try it. But I can tell you from being there, I loved it at the time, but that's where I then, like yourself, navigated into... <laughs> intensive care yeah yeah so moved into icu so talk to us about icu what what did you like about icu at the start when you first started in there so i was a student when i when i kind of thought this is cool this is what i want to do i like that you only had a couple of patients to look after that was not the reason but it was also like a super important job you know like i don't think there is another kind of stressful time for family when they see someone that they love in that kind of situation so i guess there is a real it's a really important place to work i'm not discounting other areas definitely not but yeah i was just drawn to it and i think when i say this i'm going to say my ego was drawn to it as well as my personality at that time and i did find it fulfilling and i did love the rush and i you know the night duty when the 3am trauma comes in by a helicopter and you're like you're just buzzing right and you can't sleep for another six hours after you get home. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's like, what else did I like? What else drew me to it? Yeah, just the prospect of helping people when they were super, super sick. Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, 
uh, moving on from uh, medical admissions and planning within ICU, it's so much more controlled. You know, yeah. There's still an element of the unknown and things can just happen, but you do have that opportunity to almost preempt and try and preempt the future or potential complications that might arise. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing because yeah. I think for me, what that's done for me is in my own personal life, I now think that I can preempt things and control things that are completely out with my control. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know what your experience with that is. No, oh, definitely. I was super stressy when I worked there. I think I used to like just be tense about things that were upcoming and I'd be like, oh, I've got to be organized. But I've relaxed so much now that I don't work there anymore. I'm like, yeah. Mm. It's not that kind of like life and death vibe kind of overflowed into other areas of my life, mm, mm. which sounds a little bit silly, but I think that kind of happened when I was burnt out. Yep. Yeah, mm. it is. It's all controlled. And then it's just, it's weird to say this, but having spent so long in ICU, I never did CPR because it was controlled most of the time, all mm. of the time. And I think I was in like only a couple of arrests and, yep. you know, there were tubes straight away and they were fine. Mm. I think a lot of nurses that are coming up, you know, through their career have that aspiration to work in ICU and it's an amazing environment to, mm. to really consolidate skills, to get amazing acute skills, organization, time management, collaboration, the works, you know, yeah. managing highly complex situations, but it kind of does have a, for me, it had a time limit. I couldn't continue to do that in the long term. Because it does, like oncology does, like a lot of the disciplines in nursing do, they do take a toll on you on your mental health. Yes, for and, sure. And you get to a point where, you know, you just you're just always kind of trying to work out the next step and trying to be in control. And that for me was a sign that ICU wasn't a, a, a viable option for me any longer. So I'd be yeah. interested to hear if you're happy to share about your your burnout process and kind of what happened there for you and how you got through that. Yeah. So. It definitely overflowed into other areas of my life, but a really like close friend of mine passed away mm. when I was like 20, 28. And I just come back from overseas and spent a, like a bit of a gap year traveling around. And I came back to my old job and I just like lost my shit. Basically I was mm. not coping. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? I can't be around death and suffering all the time. I'm, barely even coping with his loss because it was it was quite sudden and so I started having acupuncture actually and then I continued to work in the specialty because I didn't want to like completely stress myself out financially I was like well I still need to work I still need to make my way I did a I did a yoga teaching course for a while and then I went back to nursing and I had multiple chats with my manager she knew that I wasn't loving it I just wasn't myself at work. I was like, I don't, I just found myself extremely stressed by it all. Whereas before it didn't phase me so much. It's like the filter kind of came down and it mm. was like the boundary wasn't there. Whereas before it was, and I just, it just was a sign that I needed to change and to do something a bit different. And that's when I started having acupuncture and I was like, it just calmed my nervous system down a lot. And I was just super interested in it. I was like, I want to be super Zen like they are. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and yeah, here I am now, like, I don't know how many years later this is, but I finished studying acupuncture and I was still actually doing a bit of critical care agency work whilst I was studying it, which is 
if I turn back the clock, I'd probably do something less intense, but yeah, I'm here now. So that's awesome. And that's such a really interesting journey that you've kind of had through that period of time. And I think a lot of, Jenna, it's a really valuable lesson for people listening to listen to their, their, their internal monologue, listen to yourself, listen to what your body is telling you and, and realize that um, maybe you're not showing up as you did previously. And it might not be as, as you know, dramatic as you need to have a career change. It might mm. just be that you need to recenter yourself or you need to look at what drives and motivates you now because we all change and evolve, right? Um, yeah. And what, what was exciting as a new grad is not going to excite you when you're you know, year eight, year 10, year 15, you want to, you want to make sure that you have options to, to continue to grow. So it's really exciting that you've been able to do that and, and stumble upon acupuncture and move into that space. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. It's weird though. Cause I will say like working in acupuncture now, and then also doing a bit of nursing, like it's like, I enjoy both of them a lot now. Like I've, I've kind of have a new kind of approach to nursing where it's like I have fresh eyes because it's not it is a lot of what you do but it's I've got another focus as well and I'm really enjoying the job that I have it's not super acute it's not like life and death which I think was that was the thing for me with ICU which is an amazing place and I'm not dismissing it in or like discounting it in any way because it's super important specialty but it was that having to perform like every day like to be on and it takes its toll on you for sure and even if you didn't have to be on that day it was just that kind of mentality that I'm out of now which is great like you still have Mm. to be on regardless of where you are but it's a little bit of a a change you know Mm. it's about the stakes Mm. you know how how high are the stakes what what is the risk today if I'm not 100% on my on on the ball in the ICU environment you know it's critical yeah, like if you, 100%. you make a slip up or you don't get a drug on time and hang a bag on time, yeah. you know, it, the, the complications and risk is huge. So, and how um, bad do you feel when that happens as well? Oh, You're like, oh my God. Associated yeah. with that stuff. And yeah, it, it all comes down to your planning. And, and I'd like to pick up on what you were saying around this whole idea of now you see it through a different lens. Now you have a, an appreciation for nursing that you maybe thought you might have lost at some point but you've kind of got that back because you're looking at it now and you're doing two things that are, they're in alignment with you and your values and what you, you want your life to look like. And I think that's an important lesson for, for people listening and, and for myself is that yeah. you've got to do what motivates you. You can still be a nurse and do that a couple of days a week or a couple of days a fortnight and, yeah. you know, go and do whatever motivates you, energizes you. Yeah. You want to be happy. Like, like everyone wants to be filled with joy mm. and let's be real. Like sometimes in nursing, it's not always like that. No. <laughs> it can be, mm. but I think you really have to, yeah, like check in with yourself and be like, is this serving me still? Is this really what I want to do? Mm. It took me ages to take the leap of faith, so to speak, because it was like, when you work in ICU, you put in so many so much training, all the CPD, all the extra study that you do on top of, you know, all the hard work that you, you put blood, sweat and tears into that career. You really do. And it's, it's rewarding and fulfilling, but to step away from it and change, it was like, I had my hands on, you know, I was grasping at it really. And I finally mm. like let go. I was like, okay, just step away now. Mm. Yeah. So what, what did it take for you to take the leap? 
to, to start studying? Because that's a big decision, like you say, you know, to go back to study financially, changing your kind of focus. What did that look like? Well, I was having like personal coaching mm. and just kind of grief counseling. And mm. it was kind of like the woman that I was seeing was kind of like, you know, what the definition of insanity is. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm. So you can't really change your life until you like empower yourself and do something different. So for me, that was when I was like, you only live once, right? So you've got to be happy. And yeah. Love that. Oh, I absolutely love that. But yeah. It's so true. It's so true. You know, we just go through the motions and there's such power. You know, coaching is coaching for me. It's invaluable hugely invaluable because you have the blinkers on do you know like you say i've invested so much in this i've been in this for 10 years i've maybe been in it for 20 years yeah i've done my postgrads and i'm here and i'm making good money so and i've yeah. and I do enjoy my job do you know i do enjoy components of my role but th- there's maybe that kind of inner dialogue that's like no but there's something else and you maybe need to start exploring yeah. that yeah and mm. it's that money thing too it's like well, but the money is really good but it's like it's not everything really and when you follow your heart and you really follow like what you want to do, there will be money, you know, you can't stay somewhere because it, look, I don't know. I don't want to impose my judgments on people because I know that, you know, like it is an important part of your well-being is to, mm. to be able to support yourself and your family. But yeah, I guess while you have the means to do it, if that's something that you want to do to take a career change, then yeah. Definitely. Mm. Talk to us about acupuncture. So yeah. what is acupuncture? I've recently been trying some acupuncture here in Canada. Yes. And I tell you, I'm feeling great. Um, okay. I had never tried it until this year. Tell us what is acupuncture? So acupuncture is, it's such a weird question because there's so many ways to describe it, but it's, it's little needles that we put into the body and we use the meridians in the body. They're, they're related to the different organ systems And it's basically calming your nervous system down, but there's so much more to it than that can be used for all different kinds of things. So like pain, inflammation, stress and anxiety, depression, fertility is a really big one and helping women and men to conceive preconception, post-conception, like things like morning sickness and all the kind of different elements that go or imbalances that go with pregnancy. And then also assisting with like a kind of smooth, labor so acupuncture before labor neurological conditions it's a big one for acupuncture there's lots of things that Mm. it's for headaches all different kinds of internal medical conditions that yeah like migraines asthma is another one supporting your immune system autoimmune diseases so ibs all different kinds of things Mm. yeah so how does it actually work? Because this is something that I've been desperate to ask. My oh, gosh. <laughs> don't worry, we, we don't need the in-depth. Okay, all how right. How does it actually work? Because what I was finding, like, it's so relaxing. Yeah. I find it extremely relaxing. I'm pretty sure I do have a bit of a snooze. And, you know, that, that I, I don't know if this is how you practice, but, you know, the needles and then the heat and... and, and yeah. Is that something that's common? How does it work? Yeah. So it sounds like you've had Chinese acupuncture, yes. which is wonderful. They're all wonderful. They're mm. all super relaxing. So the needles go into specific points, which have indications and they have actions. So 
one of those it might be to how do i say this because it is quite complex but mm. in a general term it just relaxes your nervous system but also in doing that neurotransmitters will be released from your brain and these will have like an anti-inflammatory effect immuno enhancing effect and also kind of a natural opioid is released and endogenous i think they call it endogenous opioid so that helps with pain relief as well from a chinese or an eastern perspective the points relate to the different organ systems so we're trying to balance things out so something might be excessive or it might be deficient and we're trying to bring that back into balance in the body and that will just help things back into homeostasis and balance and step towards getting your health or whatever condition is out of balance back into equilibrium again. Awesome. It was, it's definitely been like the most, the hardest thing that I've studied because it is super different to Western medicine, but at the same time, at the end, you kind of see the crossover and it's, it's been really good to have Western medical knowledge as well, particularly around medications. Mm. You'd be like, Oh, I know what this medication is, but yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you two kind of things in relation to the, like your nursing skills. And you mentioned that briefly about medications. How does, how do you transfer your nursing skills into acupuncture? Like how does that benefit you? I think it's been good because you kind of know the different procedures that people will, will have had. And you kind of know the way the medical system works, you know, the way doctors kind of talk to patients and that I think that's really valuable. Actually, it's kind of like you can definitely empathize with the patient because you, you understand where they've been, how they may have been treated or, or not seen or overlooked or something like that. And yeah, that's basically how it's benefited. Also, like even, you know, knowing the different kind of diagnostic tests that they do in the hospital, that kind of stuff, you still learn it in acupuncture, but yeah. It's an added advantage, I guess, you know, having that background knowledge coming into it. It's kind of like if you were going to study medicine, yeah, you know, anything in health and you've got a nursing degree, like it's, it's good. It's a good stepping stone. It's a great platform. Yeah. It was interesting. I had a, a client recently who was a nurse and we were talking about how it's taken a pandemic for people to really be like, yeah, you're a nurse. Amazing. Mm. And it's like, why are we so undervalued by people? Uh, you know, I know that's a huge statement to make, but it is quite true in many ways, just reflected in the way like nurses are kind of paid and just other things about, about it in the hospital. Yeah. I totally agree. I'd love to know your insights on that. What, like, why, why are we undervalued? I think in, in my experience, I guess it comes down to, I don't know, like, I, I don't know whether we, like, have we created that within the profession itself or has it been something that's been handed down or our peers maybe within different specialties are not fully seeing what we do? I don't know. What do you think? I think it it all comes down to your own value in yourself, doesn't it? And that was that self-worth thing too. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There are just, I don't know what that is, but it is, it's really such a shame that nurses are, aren't valued, but they are as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it might just depend on the person who's saying that. And yeah. that's it. Like, does it really matter that maybe somebody doesn't think like, you know, that someone says yeah. we're not valued, like, how much it's do you, how you value what you do? 
Exactly. And it's like how much pride do you take in yourself and your own work and you value yourself and the, the work that you do, regardless if it's nursing or something else, you know? So mm. it's believing, yeah, and believing that you're worthy of being valued. I don't mm. know. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it comes back to that. Do you know, who, who are you waiting for to give you that validation? Who, who are you waiting on to tell you that you're valued? Do you know, we yeah. need to value ourselves and what we contribute. And that comes back to being in alignment with everything that we talked about earlier, feeling fulfilled in your role, having joy at work, maybe balancing out your career with something different that fuels yeah. and energizes you so that that value comes from within. Yeah, of course, because no one else can give that to you. And even if you like seek it externally, I don't know, it just self-worth comes from within. It doesn't come from the things that you have around you, from like whether they're physical things, even career. It's like it's a feeling within yourself and you don't need to be at the top to have high self-worth and value. And that comes back to, you know, what is a high performance nurse? And, and that's something that I'm like trying to unpack with this podcast and my platform, because, you know, we, we want everybody to perform at this high level, but Mm -hmm. what about the personal care? What about the self care? What about doing the things in their free time that energizes them so that they're, they might be able to pick up that extra shift if they want to, but if they don't want to, that's fine. You know, how do we create that balanced idea of a high performance nurse because you're right everybody has the potential to fully commit to and contribute to the workplace you know everybody is a leader everyone has something to offer and value that they just need to kind of find within them yeah absolutely i think the thing about success is like there are so many facets to it it's not just your job but it's also like you know your relationships your friendships your family you know, your financial success and also your health and all those other things, like they all play a role. But our career is something that has like for so long just defined such a massive part of us, hasn't it? Definitely. And we've taken so much importance to that. And I guess it is important, but like those other things are also important. And when we, like last year, I focused so much on my business and my acupuncture, which was great. Like I was kind of forced to with the lockdown, et cetera, like, it was good to have that time, but stepping away from it now, it's like, I know when you have so many other things that bring you joy or like fulfillment in your life, it's much more rewarding than just focusing on the one thing. And I think particularly ICU is one of those places that kind of draws a certain type of personality to it. It's a high achieving, it's a high, they're often quite hard on themselves. I know Mm -hmm. I can speak for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it's been something you have to kind of like, you don't have to unlearn it if you don't want to like it's good to have discipline it's good to be motivated and and that kind of thing but to the point where it, it like kind of overtakes every every other aspect of your life or you're neglecting certain things that bring you joy or yeah or it's it's just getting too much it's really i think it's quite unhealthy mm, it, it it all comes back to that balance i could yeah. not agree more with you you just explained probably so many people's journey through nursing and potentially burnout and and coming out the other end of that and having that aha moment of, well, actually I've stopped doing all of the things that I love doing. And maybe I can work four days a week and I don't need to work five days a week. And maybe I need to just focus on the small wins 
and not think about the day that I'm going to be running the hospital as the CEO and I'm going to fix all the problems. That's where, that's where I used to be. I used to be sitting there thinking, oh, I've got these plans and I want to do this. And it wasn't serving me. It was actually stressing me out. And I needed that. I needed to kind of go through that burnout to start going, well, what actually is important to me? Yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Your needs are super important. And I think that's another thing with nursing. We take on, we can take on other nurses' judgments. And like, I'm not here to talk about the industry in that way. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Just pull your socks up and just get on with it. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's more to it than this. And yeah, shouldn't, should I really be feeling this exhausted all the time? And I don't, yeah, if you're not inspired and loving it, then I think that's a sign that maybe there's burnout there or it may not be the right field or path for you. I'm not saying nursing, but maybe the specialty you'd be working in. Yeah, that's important to check in with yourself because burnout is so real. And someone said this to me the other day, and it's like if you're a sensitive kind of person or or just empathic, which let's be real, like most nurses are quite empathic people. Burnout is not just what you do, but it's also what you see in ICU, in oncology, in lots of areas where the outcomes aren't so good for people. Like I think on some subconscious level, we see that a lot. And it's kind of like in our programming that things end badly or people are unwell or sick, or this is like a natural thing when like yeah, it happens, but it's not necessarily the natural. But the other the other side of the coin too is I think stepping away from the medical field and nursing in the hospital and ICU, society doesn't really see much of the death at all. Like if you're in the corporate world, you're quite sheltered from that. Unless of course, you know, you experience it personally within your life. And it's it's a weird place to be, ICU, because you're around death like literally every day when you're there so yeah it's very unnatural and you know there are amazing components of icu and people of course do leave but we know that you know the minute someone comes through the doors in icu that their prognosis and their chance of mortality in the next year or 12 months is significantly higher given the situation that they're in so it is something that i don't think you're right. People, you know, normal day-to-day life would understand or be able to, and that's something that I've struggled with is, you know, how do you explain that to people that don't work in nursing when you come home and you debrief from the day and you're like, Oh, I just, you know, two people died on the unit today. That's heavy. And you do. And I think I'm loving that there's so many people now talking about self-care and nursing and, you know, somebody that uh, is a good friend of high performance nursing is Elena Mallory and she's the happy nurse. And she is looking at all these amazing self-care strategies and, and unpacking what it is to be a happy nurse, like a well-balanced nurse. And I think that's, it kind of comes back to like what is missing from undergraduate nursing and it's this side of it. It's the, it's dealing with the things that, like, wow, like, you know, when I was 19 and I graduated, I graduated 19, I can remember sitting there holding someone's hand as they passed away. Like, that is a lot to process for a 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can see it right now. And we all have those stories and we never forget those people. And we take pride and privilege in the fact that we were able to be there for them. Yeah. Uh, it does have a lasting effect on your mental health. 
naturally and then where do you unpack that is the culture in your workplace uh, an environment where you can freely talk about that yeah have that support locally or is it hey pull up your socks and get on with it you've got a patient coming yeah we need time to process that yeah i i think i i was lucky in icu we had a chaplain that worked there and she was extremely approachable and extremely compassionate as well in terms of the trauma that you pick up on i will there are a few deaths and like bad things that happened and i say bad things because they were mm. <laughs> but that you just remember and they're kind of ingrained in you. And it's just, I think that's just part of nursing is that you will probably come across those things and it's not nice and it's not glamorous and you want your shifts to go smoothly. You really do. And sometimes they really, they do. It's like clockwork. And sometimes you're like, there's shit on the wall, literally. <laughs> oh God. Yes. <laughs> so many memories but yeah you know it's about for for the the guys listening it's about having that ability to debrief with someone and unpack that and and having someone to listen to find a peer or someone that you can you can do that with because it's it's not going to fix fix it for you it's just going to help you explore that a bit further and maybe yeah find a bit of peace or some positivity within that event you know maybe you did something really beautiful for that family and that's yeah. what you take away from it. Yeah. And it's even like, I found having good colleagues, like a really key thing. Yeah. Get to know your colleagues, get to know who, who will be a good friend for you in, in the ward and out of the ward. Like it's important. Mm. I mean, like I have so many friends that aren't nurses as well as nurses and it's, it's just different, you know? when you when you're a nurse and when when you know how it all works it's just it's just different to non-nursing i don't know i am not corporate and i'm not i'm not saying it in a negative connotation or or anything mm. like that but it's it's just different and you can't debrief with with the people that don't understand you know no no yeah. it's a, it's a different world it's a very different world and that's okay you know we all live very different lives but you find those people and that's why Oh, I'm extremely passionate about culture. I think culture yeah. is is the the single most important thing in healthcare. I think we need to be investing more in staff. We need to be creating that culture of coaching, mentoring, supportive investment in staff on a day to day basis, so that we have better staff engagement, yeah. you know, higher fulfillment at work, less bullying and harassment, and better patient outcomes. Yeah, I think one of the things that I liked about the place that I worked, there wasn't much bullying and harassment in the particular area that I worked in, and it was nice. Everyone was just really supportive of one another. Like, we all knew our place, you know, with the level of experience that you had or or whatever it was, and people would support you and they would help you and educate you in ways or like push you to learn more so it was really good in that way and i know that it's not always like that and there are some big personalities out there that are really intimidating and you're like eh, no not my place but there are places where it's not like that mm. and you can learn and you can thrive so yeah it's and it's okay to change. Like you might think you want to do something and then you realize like eight months later, this is not for you anymore and you can change and you can find something that is like, is better suited to your personality. Mm. 
I think that's so important. I think I think it's so worthwhile that nurses stop and 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 step back and have a look at what's happening for them and seeing if it really aligns with who they are and what they want from their career. And if not, start taking action. You know, start reaching out, start looking at people on LinkedIn that have maybe made a transition or a change and start trying to work out sample experiment what might fit you and your personality do some of that kind of inner coaching work I think it's super valuable as we wrap up this has been awesome I'm so grateful for your time yeah this has been fun it's been so fun and I love getting people's different perspectives and and what's been really interesting is is listening to you talk about making that career shift you know because it does come down to lots of things but you know finding that alignment within your work and within yourself yeah and removing the pressure i think that message will speak to a lot of people and and maybe help them navigate what might be a just a, a slight change in their career path so it's super valuable but i would love to ask you if there was kind of one piece of advice or wisdom or something that you would like to impart with the high performance nursing community i think if I had my time over again, I would just try and be a bit more kind to myself. I was definitely really hard on myself in the beginning and I wish I wasn't. It just, you don't really achieve anything being too hard on yourself. It, I think it's great to be motivated and to, to want to learn more and to do more, but at the same time, like just kind of let it flow and what else? Yeah. Value yourself. Yeah. Know that you're worthy. Like, if you want something, ask for it as well. Don't be afraid to ask, oh, maybe I need more experience with this. Can I have an opportunity to go to this area or can I, can I do that more because I'm not confident with it? Because the only way to really get confident with something is to keep continuously doing it. And mm. yeah. Mm. Definitely, you know, the, the worthy you are worthy is a message that probably needs to be put on every nurse's uniform or lanyard or something like that Yeah, yeah. for those moments of chaos. And yeah. I think that that will speak to a lot of people that are in healthcare at the moment, you know, with COVID and the global pandemic, um, you are worthy. And like you say, if you want a new experience or you want to consolidate or gain more confidence, you're right. You need to take action. Yeah, mm. you do. You have to empower yourself empower nurses empower nurses hashtag (laughs) christine thank you so much it has been a pleasure thank you for your time i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and we will catch you next time bye thanks liam bye if you'd like to learn more about christine's acupuncture you can follow her on instagram at c pfeiffer that's spelt c p f e i F-F-E-R underscore acupuncture or you can check out her website acuwithchristine.com.au Thank you so much for listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. I would love you to join my online community of high performance nurses. Join us on Facebook at Liam Caswell or check out my website at liamcaswell.com. Until next time, I have been your host, Liam Caswell, and I am truly grateful for the opportunity to help you build your high-performance nursing career. Be kind to yourself and stay forever curious.